Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It looks like the president right now is signing that order to protect abortion. Yeah, it's a it's a virtue signaling thing. I read through the White House fact sheet, which again, that's usually political spin, and even then, it's pretty toothless at at least at first glance. What what they're talking about doing is uh, making sure that people have access to contraceptives, to uh, medical or medication like Plan B, the morning after pill, things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be. We got a lot of pressure, and he just had to go out there and do something. Yeah, you got to try to do something. They're also asking for lawyers to volunteer to litigate cases in states where uh, abortions are not readily available. And there's mm-hmm. going to be, by the way, Javier Becerra, Health and Human Services Secretary. Bacaria. I'm sorry, yeah, it's Javier Bacaria. Right. Uh, according to Joe Biden, at least, uh, he yes. is going to be doing a report in 30 days, okay? He's going to be writing letters. He's going to be making bullet points, maybe even a slideshow. But that's part of this executive order as well. <laughs> I'll have a little tone on it. Heep. Click the slide. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. It's one thing after another. I mean, we're right now at a record low approval for not just this president, for any president. And then, yeah, I, I, I'll get out there. We're going to fight this Supreme Court. Okay. Whatever you say, Joe. Good job. Kill them babies. Okay. Meanwhile, I don't know if you know this or not. You might think the economy's not going so well. You're paying crazy amounts of money for gas. Another record there. But, and I want to say this in love, um, you just don't understand how good it is. Yeah. And how good this economy is. Yeah, the White House going back to that weird talking point. <laughs> I, mean, I can't even say that. Do we breathe? Do we live? Do we walk around? <laughs> no, you just don't understand, okay? We got charts and graphs and PowerPoints, all right? We'll show you that maybe kind of sort of if you look at it sideways, you can see where we're coming from. Uh, new Monmouth poll shows that 88% of Americans think the country is on the wrong track. Yeah. And the economy has a lot to do with that, obviously. But White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says Joe Biden's plan is working. People just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. We understand what the American people are feeling. We're doing everything that we can. We have a plan. Here's the thing. We have a plan. Okay. Well, why don't you let us in on it then? Well, you don't. Okay. And you're not doing everything. I'm so tired of this. We have a plan. We're working diligently. Well, they're sticking to the script. And you know something else? What? We understand. No, they don't. The pain that people are feeling. Republicans do not have a plan. What they want to do is take away rights yeah. from the American people. Okay. But. Uh, that's. You mean like producing our own energy? God. That plan? Oh, anyway, go ahead. Do you think it's possible that your plan just is not popular with <laughs> the American people right now? I don't think it's 
it's that our plan is not popular with the American people. We know that the American people are feeling um, the high cost. We understand what they are feeling because, because when you look at inflation, when we look at where mm -hmm. we are economically, and we are in a strong, uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. When you look at the unemployment numbers at 3.6 percent, uh, when you look at the jobs numbers, uh, more than 8.7 million of, of new jobs created. That is important, but we understand that gas prices are high and we understand that food costs are high and that is because of a once once in a generation pandemic and also Putin's war oh, and that's God just the fact. Dang. <laughs> Gosh dang. <laughs> if you play this bad record enough, you'll like it after a while. Well, it's terrible. That's terrible. Okay. <laughs> I'll go with an analogy that you just started there. You're talking about just play it, and sooner or later yeah, it's going to sound good? Yeah, it'll grow on you, yeah. Well, no, th this is what's happened, because they go with the different talking points to try to convince people it's not their fault, everything that's happening right now with the economy, even though we all know that it is. Okay, and I understand the war in Ukraine didn't help, but we were already headed in that direction. Yeah. Okay. The analogy there with music, it's like a record label releasing a single. And it stiffs. It goes nowhere. No one likes it. And it's just not very good. So they release a different single. And that one doesn't do very well either. Mm -hmm. And then they release another one. It's like the third one on the album. And then they re-release the first one. And then none of them do good. So they go back to the first single Gosh. saying, you know, you just don't understand how good this song is. Yeah. Hey, fan, meet my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, we do know this. The media has ignored the Hunter Biden laptop story. For the most part. And certainly they've ignored the voicemail that was released within the last 10 days of Joe Biden telling Hunter, hey, yeah, buddy, I think you're in the clear. Talking about business dealings. That's what it was. It was a New York Times, failing New York Times article. And so we're watching this play out. The media doesn't seem to care. Well, there are a couple of Republican senators that have demanded that the Justice Department and the FBI launch a full investigation into that laptop because it looks like Joe maybe unwittingly financed his son's participation in an escort ring tied to Russia. Yeah, we, we heard that audio as well. I mean, he recorded yeah. this video of him with a prostitute who apparently didn't speak English very well. And I, I'm left to believe that she had accused him of some sort of abuse or something because he's desperately saying, have I ever hit you? Have I ever, you know, kissed you without asking ahead of time or whatever? And then there was mm -hmm. an issue with $10,000 payment that he needed help with. And dear old dad uh, sent him about, what, five grand, something like that? Yeah. And, and the woman in the, in the video, I've, I'll just say that she does seem a little young. Not, you know, you're not talking a, a child, but certainly it wouldn't be surprising to me if she's under 18. Buddy. Mm -mm. Well, and this was from the Washington Examiner that Hunter spent, you've probably heard this, over 30 grand on escorts, many of whom were linked to Russian email addresses and worked with an exclusive model agency. Okay, during this three and a half month period, if you're familiar with this story. And he managed to do so thanks in part to Joe committing to wiring him a total of a hundred grand to help pay his bills. Okay, and that was just part of it. 
So you could say, well, did Joe know that what he was financing there with this escort service? I have no idea. It did sound like from the other voicemail that Joe knew about Hunter's business dealings because he said after that piece in the failing New York Times, you were in the clear. But man, oh man, and you go deep into this story. Um, Hunter Biden paying non-resident women in the United States who are citizens of Russia and Ukraine. And that some of those transactions are linked to what appears to be an Eastern European prostitution or human trafficking ring. And the prediction out there is that, well, certainly the FBI is aware of this. Mm. They know it. They're they're trying to just keep the, the lid on the whole thing. And the, well, you could call it a conspiracy theory, I guess, that they're going to wait until the midterms when the Democrats get demolished, and yeah. then the, it's it's going to be all out there, and they're going to force Joe out. I mean, that, that would make a lot of sense. You know, you weekend at Bernie's the guy through the midterms, and like we talked about just the other day, you're probably going to see a headline right after the midterms, maybe December, maybe they'll wait till December, uh, saying, hey, you know what? There are a lot of unanswered questions about what the crackhead screw-up son of the president was doing. Hey, geez, it sort of seems like he was the main character in the song Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Hmm. Yep. What are we doing here? I went home with the waitress the way I always do. Yep. How was I to know? She was with the Russians, too. (laughs) (laughs) So with Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson, the two Republicans, they're also ticked off because they're talking about the media that helped cover it up, you know, along with big tech. And then the media falsely characterizing what they found. And you had what all those intelligence officials saying, oh, this is all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. What's on this Hunter Biden laptop? Till they say, well, actually, it looks pretty legit. So we'll see where all this goes. It's a pretty wild story, though. Then, yeah, the sooner or later, man, they're they're going to get him for a lot of stuff. You get the feeling if it's honest at all. Meanwhile, big world news today, David. Uh, Yeah, Shinzo Abe, former prime minister, longest serving prime minister of Japan, was assassinated today. And what appears to be, there's a guy who, it looks like he has a homemade shotgun Mm -hmm. that he walked up to Shinzo Abe at a campaign rally or at a political rally and shot him twice and killed him. I was shocked when I saw that because not only, I mean, not only do they have, you know, very, very, very strict gun laws in Japan, but I mean, the idea of violent crime in Japan is actually kind of a surprise. It, it just doesn't really have that problem. There's that, and he's the ex-prime minister, and I yeah. know he's still a big player politically. But yeah, it was it was very surprising yeah. to see that. Now, I, I, it was even more surprising today when I turn on the Today Show, and as they're talking about this tragedy in Japan, they have the B-roll footage going. And they show a line of flags. It was the Korean flag. They got the wrong Asian country. Oh, my Again. goodness. <laughs> I'm looking at that, and I'm like, wait a minute. Am I high? Hold on a second. What, what's going on here? Why? That doesn't look like the Japanese flag. Oh, that's because it's the flag, flag of is, South Korea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody knows the Japanese flag, too. I mean, you know. How does that happen? Seriously. That's unbelievable. Wow, I didn't know that. Because, as we've noted before, uh, a lot of the people in the media are racists, who apparently don't only think all Asian people look the same, but think all Asian flags look the same. (laughs) 
can you imagine if it was Fox News that made oh that my mistake? Oh, gosh. That would be a news story on the other network. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you hear what Putin said to Ukraine and the world? We've just barely started our action there. What does that mean? Get to that much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, Joe Biden is signing an executive order on abortion. I mean, it doesn't really do much on its face other than uh, enlists an army of volunteer lawyers to go and challenge state-level laws. That's what it looks like the end result of this will be. Um, So you got him and Kamala Harris is there, Javier Becerra, a.k.a. Bacaria. That's right. Javier Bacaria. Right, because Joe Biden's racist, and anyone who's not white, he always forgets their names. Yeah, that's if he remembers it at all. If he, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, and he, I, I mean, li- listen, this guy lies all the time, right? Yes. Uh, and I was led to believe that our nation deserves a president that doesn't lie. <laughs> a president that lies is a threat to democracy. Nobody's no. saying the same. Nobody's saying that about Joe Biden. Of course, they reserve that type of criticism for Donald Trump. He's talking about abortion bans in various states and made this outrageous claim. A patient comes into an emergency room in any state in the union. She's expressing and experiencing life-threatening miscarriage. But the doctor is going to be so concerned about being criminalized for treating her, they delay treatment to call the hospital lawyer who is concerned the hospital will be penalized if a doctor provides a life-saving care. It's outrageous. Yeah, that that no that it, statement was outrageous. Yeah, if a doctor calls the hospital lawyer when someone is having a miscarriage, which is different than an abortion, of course. Um then that doctor should not be a doctor anymore. Correct. Isn't that, you know, a lot of different outlets have put out myths talking points from the left that are simply not true. I think the one he just presented is in nearly all of them. Oh, yeah, it is. But they just keep going to it. The same lie over and over and over. Guess we shouldn't be surprised. No. But the pressure has been on Biden to do something because the screechers on the left have been saying, you need to do something, something more forceful. We've known this was coming for years. Ah." So I guess what this is part of it? Yeah. Oh, he also went full Ron Burgundy today. So, really? Yeah, apparently he. it was written on the teleprompter, repeat the line, like a direction to him, and he just says, repeat the line out loud. <laughs> 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 oh, that's, oh that's hilarious, dude. You know what? Because he does that all the time, yeah, he, he does. does. He'll repeat himself, and you're like, okay, we know it's for a dramatic effect. Yeah. But I didn't actually know on the teleprompter it would said, repeat the line. Here, here's, here's the president today. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who registered to vote and cast a ballot is consistently high than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral <laughs> and or political... Or, or... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Repeat the line. Yeah, repeat the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I just, oh, man. I just, Dude. I just want one when he, when he does his creepy little whisper thing. Where he's like, women have more political capital than ever before. Whisper. For real. 
<laughs> no joke. It's not a joke. Repeat I wonder if that's actually if that is actually part of his speeches too on the teleprompter. It's not a joke, for real. Because that always seems to me like he's just going off the cuff. That's yeah. like just part of his repertoire. I think so. Yeah. Oh, do you want to hear the rest of this clip, too? Because that's actually yes. the least embarrassing part of the entire thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, holy mackerel, yes. Yeah. Women are not without electoral and or political, or, or maybe precise, not and or, or political power. That's another saying. You, the women of America, can determine the outcome of this issue. <laughs> Golly, it's embarrassing. It is. Senile old fossil. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I know we got to move on, but we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later. I mentioned what Putin said to Ukraine. I don't know if you heard this or not. Um, and again, man, David, you've said it a million times. You can't really believe anything that yeah. Putin says, or really Ukraine. You really don't know what's happening in a lot of different ways. Um, but Putin talking to, you know, the Kremlin-controlled parliament saying the West wants to fight us until the last person stands in Ukraine. It's a tragedy, he said, for the Ukrainian people, but it looks like it's heading in that direction. Um, everybody should know that, largely speaking, we haven't even started anything in earnest. We're, we're just getting warmed up. Yeah, it sounds like a pep rally kind of thing. Although yeah, me too. They're, you know, sort of like, okay, there are a lot of moms wondering, hey, what happened to my son? What'd you do to my son? Right. And Yes. Um, well, I but at the same time, the the guy does have nukes, so not only that, but early on when they were talking about how long could Putin stay in this because the ruble's crashing, their entire economy is going down the crapper fast. Well, that turned out to not be true. Except it isn't. And now they're making good money, especially from China and India yeah. with sales of gas. So you get the feeling, of, does Putin care? He'll just keep sending soldiers out there. Right. He'll force people. It probably is. I think he's probably ready for the long haul. And then you ask the question, what does that mean for us? Uh, tackle that later. It's nothing good. I know no, that. No, it's not. Okay. The European Union condemns the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Who cares? <laughs> and a top Democrat is wondering why we're sending oil abroad. Good question. We'll get to all of that. Coming up right here. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer. That's Scott Robbins. Okay, even a top Democrat is wondering, like the rest of us, why are we sending oil abroad? Yeah, so it's come out that we've sent a bunch of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve abroad, not only to Europe, but to China. And to send it to China right now as they're still buying Russian oil is a slap in the face to everyone who is struggling with gas prices here at home. Uh, that it's it's absurd, and with the China deal, it was laundered through a business that Hunter Biden has ties to. Really? I mean, come on. Anyway, uh, Democrat Ro Khanna was on Fox News, and he's wondering why we're exporting oil at all. Yes. I mean, I, I don't understand why we aren't uh, having a ban on, on exports. And I think we have to be more aggressive. You know, I called for buying at the dips and then selling it back to the American public at a low price. I realized then that a few days later, Warren Buffett, he's buying at the dips, except he's not selling mm -hmm. it back to the American public. But 
I, I do think we have to be doing more. Look, people in my district, they're talking to me about gas prices, about higher food prices. Uh, they're talking to me about you know, the airlines getting canceled. I mean, people are not being able to get places. So we, those are the issues uh, front and center. Oh, is he in threat of losing his job? Uh, I'm just curious. I don't maybe, know the situation but, there. <clears throat> but probably not. I think I think you got a lot of Democrats right now who are trying to sound like the voice of reason for the sake yes. of their party because they realize they are in for a shellacking, at least in the House of Representatives, uh, coming up in the midterm elections. So it's it's sort of like you got it. You got to at least sound like you're connecting with what people actually care about. Meanwhile, the president is out there talking about abortion today. It's not a top of mind issue. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane. But different people that control the party, big money. Yeah, that's a huge issue to them, well, and they can control them. What's he going to talk about? This is it. Your you other, mean as far as your other sort of successes? And no, there aren't any. This is it. this is the divisive issue. Well, it would be nice if you actually focused on the problems. Of course not. <laughs> no, they're not going to do that because that's not the game. No. But as far as sending the oil to China, and it's a company with ties to Hunter Biden, Yeah, what's the rest of that story? Uh, let me pull this up here. Uh, so the Biden administration sold about a million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to a Chinese state-controlled gas giant. Uh, they announced in April the sale of 950,000 barrels to uh, Unipec. That's the trading arm of the China Petrochemical Corporation company is commonly known as uh, Sinopec. It's owned by the Chinese government because, well, communism. Sure. Uh, now, Hunter Biden is tied to that company because uh, in 2015, a private equity firm he co-founded bought a $1.7 billion stake in that company. <laughs> wow, man. If we had a media that really wanted to do its job, you could blow the lid off so much of this. They get their marching orders. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you think about China. I'll make this short because there's a lot of other stories we got to get to. Um, but I, I was listening to a former CIA operative talking about China, and obviously they're our enemy, and how much they've stole our intellectual property over the years from so many businesses, costing us billions of dollars. And time and time again, we're telling China, you got to stop the hacking. You got to stop it. You got to stop it. And we just allow it to happen, mostly because of our government and our big corporations can't say no to that sweet China cash. Yeah. They're total whores. So we just keep going down this road. And what is it? The FBI is now putting out the warning? Yeah. Uh, it's, China's hacking. I mean, it's a, a almost unprecedented uh, joint operation or joint warning from MI5, the intelligence apparatus in, in the U.K., and our FBI saying we got to really be on guard because it is ramping up exponentially every single day what China is trying to do in terms of cybersecurity in this country. And not only that, how much fentanyl they pump into our country through the southern border. And, oh, there was that little thing, too, uh, the COVID-19. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, that, that was an accident. Okay. <laughs> You know, I think about that when they go to China. Well, they, at worst, it was an accident. They tried to cover it up. I was going to say, why lie about it then? Remember the female cop in Minnesota that was supposedly reaching for the taser? I believe she was. And she reached mm -hmm. for the gun. She made a mistake and shot yeah. and killed the guy. 
She said right away it was a mistake. Oh, my gosh, you could tell. She was sorry for it. But what did we hear? It didn't matter. You can't make that mistake. But no one says that about freaking China. Oh, no. With COVID-19, oh, it's a mis- and it wasn't a mistake, by the way. I don't believe that. Ooh, conspiracy. Well, no, I know, I know. You tried to cover it up. It's not like you said, we're so sorry. Oh, my gosh, let's do everything we can to stop this. No, not at all. They're our enemy. Who benefited from COVID-19? What country more than anybody else? Wouldn't you argue China? I still want to believe it was an accident, but I know what you mean, yeah. (sighs) I mean, I do, because I just, I know. Gosh, dang. So frustrating. It's like on the guy's pant leg or something when he went out and the dog (laughs) chewed on it. (laughs) You know. Okay. Uh, oh, are we getting lectured now from the European Union? Yeah, European Union Parliament just voted uh, to condemn the U.S. Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade so and what? demand that abortion rights be enshrined in the EU's fundamental rights charter. Zalarious because the court case at the center of what led to the overturning of Roe v. Wade uh, involved the Mississippi law, which was actually more liberal than most of Western Europe, if not all of Western Europe. Correct. So I also just look at it, and it's like, look, you're a barely functioning governmental body, and you are one welfare check from the United States away from becoming part of the new USSR. Know your role. Remember who pays your bills, EU. Not only that, you're not in a position to demand anything. Shut it. Give me a break. Okay. Um... This is going to be a story that will anger us all, I do believe. The proposed charges against the Border Patrol agents who, well, didn't whip migrants. We're back to the whip gate. Again? I thought this was over. What are the proposed charges, David? Uh, The Daily Caller had this story first, and it's been picked up by Fox News now. The first charge is for poor judgment for instructing non-citizens to go back to Mexico, or words to that effect. Well, I would say that is sound advice. Yes, go back. You're, go you're back. not allowed to come into this country. Go back. And the second... What, so-called. that's not loving enough, so you're going to be punished for it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I think for a, for a certain segment of the population, they got to... I don't know if, you know, Border Patrol or the DHS uh, is trying to make it look like they're doing something. But I, I don't know. The whole thing was based on fake news. The second charge is for unsafe conduct for maneuvering the agent's horse in a way that caused a non-citizen to fall backwards into the Rio Grande River. Compromise the safety of the non-citizen, yourself and your horse. Well, you shouldn't have been running at the horse, dude. No doubt. Oh, my God. Do it again. Only really crack it this time. I- you know what, man? I'm saying you're breaking the law. The longer this goes on, we ought to be arming. Board, I, I start to think we ought to be arming border patrol agents on horseback with whips. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to get in trouble for it, dude. Yes. If the administration is not going to send the message, you're not supposed to come here. You can't do that. You have to do it legally. They were supposed to be bringing sack lunch and juice boxes for everybody. Right. What is going on here? I know. And play Uber driver and take them down and and get them all checked out and then get them all set up for the plane that's going to take them to other parts of the United States. Show them how the remote works in the hotel room. No, if you cross (laughs) that river. 
Yes. Do it. <laughs> By the way, uh, you know, we're also going to be very uh, coming down on you very hard because you handed them a smartphone when they were coming into our country illegally, but it was one of those Windows phones that nobody wanted. <laughs> it's got to be an iPhone, okay? <laughs> man. Oh, man, this American nightmare cannot end quick oh, enough. Holy smokes. Jeez. Okay. Oh, I don't know if you uh, saw this story. And it's not a big surprise. It's been reported on before. Um, it's in the Wall Street Journal talking about how a lot of big cities are having a hard time getting workers to come back to the office. Not so much in the smaller towns, but in the bigger cities, it's really difficult. When you look at the percentages, I mean, you can put it down by red states, blue states, but a lot of times it's big cities it's a much lower percentage getting people to come back actually into the office. And in part of that story, they were talking about New York City. And in New York City, there are so many people that are just scared to come into the office. Remember the person that got killed that worked at Goldman Sachs yep. back yeah. in May? And so the leader there sending a letter to New York officials saying, hey man, my employees are freaked out, man. But they don't even want to come to work because of safety issues. My gosh, it's one thing that you're driving through an area that you have to go to to work that eh, it's, a, it's a little scary. But when so much of that is on foot and you've got yeah. crazy, I mean, seriously, I'm not just saying crazy, mentally ill people out on the street with weapons and you're just trying to make it into the workplace, you start to ask yourself the question, is this job worth it? So yeah, they're that's a huge problem because then you have all these businesses, you know, restaurants that need the foot traffic yeah. to survive and kept thinking if we could just get past COVID, then we'll be okay. But that's not so much the case. And the thousands of businesses that have had to close down, it's yeah. it's a tragedy. But it is what it is. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. You got to do something about law and order. No doubt about that. Okay. An update from David about... Supreme Court justices being chased out of a restaurant by protesters. How long are we going to put up with this? That and much more coming up right here. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the president today uh, announcing an executive action dealing with abortion. I think it's just sort of like the executive order is like, oh, we just got to do something, I guess. But he did make a reference to 50 straights in something called the District of Cumbia. District straights. Huh. Right now, in all 50 straights in the District of Cumbia. He's having a hard time there. Hmm. <laughs> he has once, a good again, once again. In all 50 straights in the District of Cumbia. He has a stutter. A, it's a stutter. Okay, a stutter. <laughs> I just... We're not going to go over this again. It's not a stutter. On, it's not a stutter. <laughs> Making fun of somebody with a stutter. No, we're not. No, we're not. Straits. Um, Boy, that is garbled right there. That's really garbled. He's having a hard time. Well, if you're just joining us, uh, Van Camp had this earlier. Joe went total Ron Burgundy by just reading the teleprompter. Which is astounding, really. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> now the White House, it's clean Repeat up on aisle. The cleanup on aisle Joe right now. The White House uh, Assistant Press Secretary Emily Simmons says, "No, he said, let me repeat that line." Well, that's not what he said. We just heard it. Yeah. And the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women. <laughs> repeat the line. There he says, is. "Repeat the line." Repeat the line. <laughs> he doesn't say, "Let me repeat the line." No, <laughs> not at all. There's no he, "let me" there. But but then he doesn't repeat the line. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. skips right over his own instructions. <laughs> Golly. Jason, this is a good Yes. I, you know, if you just told somebody, what is he saying there? David tipped us off ahead of time. I don't know if you have any idea what he just said. All 50 states, the District of Columbia. But I, I'm just saying, if you took that clip and you played it to people on the street, so what is this man saying? I don't think they could tell you. Uh, Yeah. They probably question, is it the new album from Muse? Straits of Cumbia? <laughs> I, who knows? That ought to be the new game show. Biden said what? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Stutter or senility? <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. Starring Howie Mandel. Steve's here from Columbia, Missouri. Hey, Steve. <laughs> oh, okay. Steve Let's... Harvey would be the MC, of course. All right. Let's see. Protesters chasing Supreme Court justices out of restaurant. Oh, yeah. This is one Supreme Court justice, right? Yeah, one. It's Brett Kavanaugh. He went to go have dinner at a restaurant in D.C. last night, and boom, gets uh, confronted by protesters who were outside of the restaurant, demanding that he leaves no peace in your life because you've ruined, ruined lives forever. Oh, my yeah, he goodness. Yeah, he had to leave out the back door. Okay. How long are people going to put up with this? Oh, you're, yeah, They're pushing into a really, really bad place. It really is. And it's been simmering for a long time. And, you know, you want to talk about who the insurrectionists are. I mean, guys, every time you say Democrats uh, don't handle losing very well, which is a fact. Yes. The only response right now is a picture of the riot at the Capitol. It's like, okay, well, let's go back through recent history because that was objectively bad. That was an example of people not handling a loss very well. I'll give you that one. 2000 election, 2004 election, 2016 election, Supreme Court vacancies. How have liberals reacted to any of those? You've had riots in the street. Absolutely. Crap broken, people hurt, sometimes people dying. Um, no, nah, man. Something bad is going to happen sooner or later. Well, really it, bad. Again, I mean, I, I, again, just wanted, I just wanted to go home. Imagine, you know, if you just flip the roles here and these were Trump supporters. Oh, my gosh. They'd be in jail. At Supreme Court justices' homes, picketing. Yep. Chanting vile stuff. Chasing out a Supreme Court justice out of a restaurant. Are you kidding me? Yep. That'd be the lead story. You know it would be. But, my gosh. No, it's it's all about January 6th and abortion and trying to make the District of Cumbia state. In all 50 states in the District of Cumbia. Yes. That is a heck of a game show idea, though. Yeah, it is. What's yeah. Joe saying? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley. 
David Van Camp and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David Van Camp has another news update. He's always on it. Yeah, the Wisconsin Supreme Court has now ruled that most ballot drop boxes in the state are not allowed. They're illegal, and they were illegal in the 2020 election. And by the way, a voter can't have someone else return their completed absentee ballot on their behalf. You know, this is one of those things that was so frustrating to me in the aftermath of the election because clearly when you had secretaries of state, especially in battleground states, unilaterally changing the way elections were administered in their states. It happened in Pennsylvania, happened especially in Wisconsin, it happened elsewhere. Uh, It was so frustrating to me to watch Trump align himself with nuts like Sidney Powell, talking about Venezuelans hijacking machines and all this kind of stuff, when you could clearly go and argue that state officials way overstepped their bounds in the 2020 election by changing election laws on their own without input from the legislature. And now in Wisconsin, guess what? A lot of those votes that were dropped off at at drop boxes were not legally cast. It doesn't change the outcome of the 2020 election. It doesn't because, well, too little, too late. You know, I remember when Molly Hemingway came out with her book, Rigged, and she was going to all these different states talking about how it was done and with Mark Zuckerberg's money. And it, it was fascinating. And I thought she made it so easy to understand, but you were scratching your head going, how could this ever happen? And now, yeah, too little, too late, but you're finding out these yeah. details. I have a 30-second clip of her talking about Wisconsin. Oh, you yeah, want to go, go down memory road, yeah. There's actually nothing in history that's been done this way. I talked to people in Wisconsin. I said, why did you let this happen? Because they actually usually are pretty on top of these things. They said, we didn't even know it was possible to privatize election systems. We didn't know it was possible that a big tech oligarch could come in and control everything. And by the way, in Wisconsin, they do it so much that it actually drives out an election administrator in Green Bay and replaces them with these Zuckerberg-funded groups. Uh, but it's happening all over the country. You mentioned earlier, there's this patchwork of different laws and regulations in each state. That's true. This enabled them to deal with that problem at the local level because they had people on the ground highly funded at all these places crazy yes it was rigged and you could say well legally but now you can't even say that in wisconsin in the case of wisconsin no it was illegal it it went against state law to just open up and allow ballot harvesting all of that stuff that we all saw and i'm really i mean it's just it's it's a real shame that the eye was taken off the ball so much by Trump's legal team and the people that he surrounded himself or allied himself with. Are you talking about the Kraken lady? I am talking about the Kraken lady because she's insane. (laughs) And Lynn Wood and, uh, you know, you had Rudy Giuliani out there with his hair melting off his head. I will never forget that day. As long as I live, watching it happen, yeah, and then watching your reaction, and even better, Robin's reaction. What is that on his head? It's running down the side of his face, and it's like, I mean, it's hot. It's hot. He's it out was, there, right? You, and he's like, you already know if you walk by and you smell like vodka oozing from his pores. <laughs> I just like 
this bloated drunk up there with stuff on God. And at the same time thinking that was America's mayor. Yeah. How did that guy fall that far to have hair color running down his yeah. face? Uh, I, oh golly. And I get so frustrated cuz now here we are a year and a half later we've got uh, senile Joe Biden running the country and look there was a chance to actually change the outcome or the so-called outcome of the election. There was. And I was saying it at the time. Now mm-hmm. I ain't no fancy a hair melting lawyer, but, <laughs> I, but but you know, you look at two key states, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, and you say there's ample reason to say that that election was not conducted in a legal manner, not because of anybody changing votes, but because you had, in some cases, one state official completely override state law when it comes to the administration of an election. Yep. But here we go with the Kraken lady. Okay, whatever. Yes. Well, the last thing on that, you remember Tucker Carlson tried to have Kraken lady on several times. She wouldn't do it. And so finally, he just called it out on the air. And then you had a number of different people, um, conservatives, saying, oh, Tucker's part of the cover-up. I mean, they they abandoned Tucker saying, oh, no, he's, he's on the other team. I'm like, hold on a second. That's not what's happening here. And then I can remember getting several messages going, you guys are part of the cover-up. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. We're just following this crap. Yeah. That lady's full of crap. Did you see the meltdown? But you are finding out is just like you said, David, what happened in all these different states, whether it's Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, you go over and over and over. And yes, that, that it was rigged. Well, There's we're supposed an, to believe that Joe Biden got more votes than any president in on, the history man. of the country. Come on, man. I mean, that's... Think about that for a second. Joe Biden? Yes. By the way, uh, Joe Biden talking today about abortion. Executive. Executive, uh, what is it? It's an executive executive order order about abortion, Mm -hmm. which is not going to mean anything. No. It's more optics than anything else. But just so you know, he was on top of his game today. Right now, in all 50 states in the District of Columbia. (laughs) That was just part of it. It's just worth playing again. I'm sorry. And he had, you know, Kamala Harris behind him and Health and Human Services Director Javier. I'm sorry. I was going to say Becerra, but it's it's Bacaria. Javier Bacaria. Yes, of course. That's right. And then he actually went Ron Burgundy. Yeah. And this part of the speech. The percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. (laughs) Women are not without electoral... No, uh, Joe, when it says repeat the line, you don't say that part. You actually repeat the yeah. line. How long have you been doing this? Holy smokes. <laughs> repeat the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Some band, yeah, right. they, they get to the end of the song. Yeah. Repeat the, the chorus. chorus. <laughs> Got oh, Axl man. Rose in the cold November <laughs> rain bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Solo. Now here's slidey gosh. Okay. Texas governor tells the state to do what? Oh, uh, well, enforce immigration law because the feds aren't doing it. So Texas Governor Greg Abbott has taken this historic step to tell state officials in the National Guard uh, you got the ability to pick up and send illegal immigrants back to the border. Now, he's not actually deporting people, as I understand it, because he can't legally do that, but he's giving the state the authority to drop them back off at ports of entry. So if you find them uh, 
let's say, outside of San Antonio, and you pick them up, you can drive them back down to the border. You can transport them there, and then federal officials can handle it uh, from there. So it's to speed up the deportation process and enforce the law when Joe Biden won't. There's going to be legal challenges, of course, like last year when Abbott rolled out enhanced checks at the border, which gave state law enforcement the ability to do cargo checks. Well, Biden shut him down. In that case, which is one of the reasons why that truckload of more than 50 dead migrants was able to get to San Antonio a couple of weeks ago. Golly. So yeah, gonna as be... soon as that story was breaking, and right after it, well, the Department of Justice is looking into this. Okay. Merrick Garland. <laughs> Seriously. Like, listen, if you guys did your jobs, they wouldn't have to do this. You refuse to do it. What else are they supposed to do? And how would you handle that situation? I don't even want to hear that from Merrick Garland because I'm sure it would be filled with and well, it's something. I don't think we should take them across to the other. And, uh, and a question of allocation of resources. Um, um, we will. Uh, uh, the department uh, will. Uh, um, I don't know. I you know. I, 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 yeah, right. You know, Strong so, leader. It if, makes me anxious every time I hear it because I want to give him the word. <laughs> Just here. Can we move this along? <laughs> if someone told me that guy had a stutter, I'd believe you. See, that's okay. the thing. Yeah, right. No, he's just nervous. Oh, boy. Constantly nervous. Yes. Oh, man, this is kind of a sad story. We thought someone was just standing up and telling the truth. Yeah. And if people didn't like it, well, you're just going to have to get over it. And then she caved. Yeah, Macy Gray, singer. Uh, she caused a meltdown when she said that trans women are not, well, actually women. And while she was initially standing up, and for uh, the truth of that statement, uh, she's been brought to heel. Uh, that's really disappointing to see. She was on the Today Show. Hoda Kotb had her confess her sins to the Church of Woke. Oh, golly. I'm actually a huge... Uh, I think it takes a lot of courage to be yourself, to, to, to go out in the world and be honest about who you are. And uh, so I think anyone who is... Uh, in the LGBT community is a hero and, and sets an example for all of us with that, you know? Hero. And I, I just have a compassion for, for you know, what I, I think you, you, you can, like I said in there, you can call yourself what, like you, you whoever you believe you are. Mm -hmm. and, and no one can dictate that for you or take that away from you, you yeah. know? I think oh. life is an education process. The more you sit yeah. with people, the more you talk to people, it changes your perspective. So has, has your perspective changed, do you feel? I've, I've learned so much, and I, and I think, um, you know, being a woman is a vibe, and it's something mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very proud of. And it's, it's very precious to me, and, and I, I think that uh -huh. if you, in your heart, feel that that's what you are, then that's what you are, regardless of what anybody says. Oh, too bad. Oh. Yeah. Just for a second there, for a brief moment, I drug out my Macy Gray CDs again. And now you're back out? you got to put them back now. Well, that's the thing. Okay, can I hear what she said the other day again to Piers Morgan? Sure. This... And I, I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You feel that? I know that for a fact. Mm. Like, if you want me to call you a her, I will. Because that's what you want. But that doesn't make you a woman just because I call you a her and just because you got a surgery. That's not hateful. Mm, no. That's the truth. 
And so, yeah, it, and Hoda, it, it's just learning, isn't it? Yeah, you know, they, they're all like that, though. That you have to play pretend yeah. the rest of your life mm-hmm. so you don't hurt feelings. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I really don't. But that's the truth. Seriously. I, no, you, we all have to be seeking truth, in my belief. The truth shall set you free. And that's what I've been told. But are you ever going to be like, oh, now you've done the work, Scott. You can just see that. I've done the work now. I, I, I've spent some time with people. I mean, does the work require mopping and vacuuming? And So you just now identify, and then so within a couple of days, yeah. Macy Gray has changed her mind. Is that an agent? Is that all of her backers? Yeah. Is that really her? It doesn't sound like it because, man, she sounded like Merrick Garland there for a second. A little bit. I mean, she was all over the place because she didn't know what the right words to say are because that that's the biggest tell. It is such an incoherent mindset that yes. she's being asked to conform to, and mm-hmm. indeed most of us are being asked to conform to, uh, that it's hard to actually pick up that language because everything about it is nonsensical. And you are literally basically arguing that grass is blue. Yes. But it's not blue. But it's blue in my world. Right, exactly. Well, if you can believe whatever you want, but that doesn't make it blue. In your world, though, it is blue. Therefore, I must observe it as blue as well because you say it is. Well, I mean, where does that ever end? Well, it doesn't. Okay, you can get deep into a lot of different things, you know, at that point. There has to be the truth. Two plus two equals five. No, it doesn't. In my world, it does. Purple. Okay. New gun law in New York that's worse than what the Supreme Court just invalidated. What? Got to get to that much more. News update straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. New York just passed... A new gun law. What is this, David? Well, New York, you know, they just got smacked down by the Supreme Court over their concealed carry uh, permit process uh, process that allowed state officials to make judgment calls based on someone's need to have a concealed carry permit. Uh, New York State now, though, is rolling out a new strategy to screen applicants for gun permits. Uh, People seeking to conceal carry handguns will be required to hand over their social media accounts for a review of their character and conduct. It takes effect in <laughs> September. Um, now, this is basically daring the Supreme Court to invalidate not just this law, but perhaps every concealed carry law, honestly. Like, New York, do these idiots realize what they're doing? Probably not. <clears throat> That'd like, be my guess. Because not only is there a Second Amendment violation, and even some gun control advocates are saying, oh, geez, this one goes a little too far because this is clearly unconstitutional, not only for the Second Amendment problems, but for the First Amendment problems. Okay, I'm distracted a little bit by a thought I have, and I'll give it to you this way. I don't know if you've seen the different polling on this as far as concealed carry. Mm -hmm. Okay, David, if I'm to ask you or Scott, if you're walking through a crime-riddled area... Okay, you got to get from point A to point B, knowing there are a lot of other people around that have concealed carry permits or there's a good possibility and other people are going to be armed. Does that make you feel safer or less safe? 
makes me feel safer, honestly. Much safer, actually, yes. You talk to a lot of people in New York, that freaks them out. Yeah. And so in my mind, all I can think is, well, it's such a different view of the world that the thought of people with concealed carry actually scares the crap out of people. It makes me think, yes, they they really don't know what they're doing there. Yeah. Well, because they there's this misconception that the concealed that somebody who is a concealed carry license holder is the same as the dude who uh, illegally has a gun. Yes. And it's not. I mean, there is research that shows like in in Texas and Florida, concealed carry permit holders commit crimes at one twelfth the rate of police officers. <laughs> That's an incredible stat. Concealed carry is defensive, not offensive. Right. It's not used for offense. It's used for defense. Right. That's why we have concealed carry. I'm in, I'm in a place where I could get whacked. I'm going to be the whacker if that's the case. Can you yeah, save that piece of audio? Yes. Yeah, yeah, take that out. Oh, boy. Right. Oh, boy. All of a sudden, Jeffrey Tubin was in my Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll just leave it right there, I think. I don't have to yeah. go any further with that, no. This is the Markley Van Camp and Whacker Show. Shut up. Uh, David, biggest story of the day so uh, far? Biggest story of the day? I'm going to be the whacker, if that's the <laughs> Man, he already saved it. That's awesome. Perfect. <laughs> God. I've got so hey, much stuff archived on this show. Hey, hey, Scott, Jeffrey Tubin's coming into the studio later today. I'm going to be the whacker, if that's the case. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is so eloquent, you know? It was. Well played. It was a good one. Uh, there's a lot to get to. Japan's going to start jailing people for online insults. I'm going to be the whacker, if that's the case. <laughs> Gas stations should still lower prices, says the White House. You know what they should do with them? They should whack them. <laughs> right on down. That's next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer. That's the millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. Do you have another news update? I just heard right. you go, whoa. I do. So the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, is empowering state law enforcement officials and the National Guard to uh, pick up and uh, to pick up and return to the border illegal immigrants. And Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, has a problem with that because, well, you know, Greg Abbott has a track record of causing chaos and confusion at the border. Are you kidding me? Listen to this. Immigration enforcement is a federal authority, uh, and states should not be mandating it, uh, meddling in it. Uh, that is just, especially uh, Governor Te the T Texas Governor of Abbott, who has a track record of causing chaos and confusion at the border. Okay, man. Oh, man. Okay. What is he supposed to do? Right. Well, I mean, that's the question. They're saying lay back and take it. Right. You got, you, you know, we what? want these people to come in. If you're a rancher on the southern border and you're tired of finding dead Central Americans and Mexicans on your property, too bad. Take it. If you live in San Antonio and you don't like seeing uh, 53 migrants suffocate and cook to death in the back of a trailer well too bad this is all part of the program you don't have a right to meddle in that 
If you're somebody who has lost somebody to a a drug overdose because of fentanyl that's been shipped across the border illegally, well, too bad. You're supposed to take it. And we're going to punish border patrol people on horses, even though they didn't whip anybody, we're going to punish them anyway. Yeah. Okay. Golly, man. What was the question that led into that again, David? Yeah. Just curious. It, 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 this is just her, I guess, her statement on Greg Abbott's action. Well, you know, it's interesting because an appeals court has just ruled that the Biden administration can't ignore federal law that says authorities must arrest, detain, and remove illegal aliens convicted of certain crimes and are ordered deported because they've been fighting that since they've been in office Yeah, with the Dorcas, Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Director, uh, because the federal law says that, well, the Attorney General shall take into custody, shall detain, and shall remove illegal aliens convicted of certain crimes and aliens who are ordered deported. But again, the administration has tried to prevent that from happening. What was the Mayorkas statement? It was September of last year. The fact an individual is a removable non-citizen, therefore should not alone be the basis of an enforcement action against them. Yes, it should. Yeah, That's the law. Yeah, I, I and I remember pointing this out years ago, especially you know when when liberals were having a meltdown over tough border enforcement under President Trump. You heard the phrase over and over again: their only crime was being here, undocumented. And it's like, okay, well, I, it's like saying the only reason Grandma got forcibly removed from Macy's is because she was shoplifting. Like, no, you're breaking the law. You can't stay here. Sorry. Yes. You know, in the Midwest, the farmer hires kids to walk beans to take remove the weeds from the bean field so they'll have a better harvest. Mm-hmm. In Texas, you have people walk up and down the rows to remove bodies. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going What the with hell this? is going on here? That's not acceptable. And again, well, you're talking about laws we're saying someone here illegally and commits crimes. Yeah, we don't want to take them out either. What are you doing? You're not protecting the citizens of the country. Unreal. It really is. Unreal. That we're having this conversation. It's this is why. That's why he's talking about abortion 24-7. Well, this is also why you see in the polling the Democrats. It's not just Biden. The Democrats are upside down every single issue because none of it makes sense. It's a part of whatever you want to call it. You can call it a great reset. You can call it, um, you know, the new world order, whatever you want to say. It is all these global leaders trying to get more power. To me, that's what it comes down to, because none of this makes sense for an individual country. It just doesn't. And the White House is still saying it's gas stations that should lower the prices. Yeah. I mean, the mom and pop places. Yeah, gas prices have started to fall a little bit because the price of oil fell due to concerns about a recession. <laughs> good news. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says that's good, but gas stations should still just lower their prices somehow. Okay. Right? It's a cool down, if you will. Um, but we believe that more work still remains and that we need to do more work. The president believes that. Uh, part of that is uh, retailers need to pass on their lower cost to consumers. 
That's not you doing work. <laughs> right. That's somebody else taking one on the chin. Yeah, that's you blaming someone else and you trying to, what, shame them into going out of business? Uh, wholesale gas prices are down by $1 uh, per gallon. You've heard me talk about this over the past month. But retail gas prices have only come down by about 20 cents Which over means you the don't same understand period. the market. Uh, so more work needs to be done. Uh, you know, you, I've heard this phrase, don't, we can't sit on our laurels, if you will. Uh, we got to continue to do the work. It's just words, man. That's embarrassing. Yeah. By the way, that lady makes $180,000 a year. We pay her. American taxpayers pay her $180,000 a year. And the only reason she's criticized is because she's a woman of color and a lesbian. Sure. Yeah, that's it. Right. By the way, I don't know if you saw it, Wall Street Journal talking to different experts. And I know, what do experts mean anymore? But the lower gas prices over the last three, four weeks... Yeah, it's not going to stick. Oh, no. Probably They're not. They're coming back up. They're going to be coming back up. Okay. Um, did you see the story about the Treasury Department blocking access to 150 suspicious Hunter Biden financial transactions? This is an interesting story, and it gets a little deep in the weeds, so I'll just try to speak in my regular Jamoke language. It's kind of like this. You've got 150 or so of the suspicious activity report files exist with the Treasury Department that were filled with flagged financial transactions. That was between Hunter Biden and foreign entities. So you've had the Treasury Department cooperating with these Hunter Biden investigations up until this point. And now all of a sudden, you've got Republicans on the House committee on oversight and reform looking into this saying we're running into a brick wall now because the Treasury Department has decided it will no longer cooperate with all these requests that it had been for months because they found these again suspicious activity report files that were flagged financial transactions Hunter Biden foreign entities this is all going to come down at some point in time we mentioned earlier the rumor is it's when the Democrats really want Biden out. That's when they'll tell, yeah. well, the Treasury Department, maybe Department of Justice, whoever, okay, go ahead. Let them know all the stuff now. Oh, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, you got a slam dunk in that he lied on a federal background check form to get a gun. True. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of trouble there. But right now, I mean, who's going to force the Treasury Department to give that stuff up? Uh, meanwhile... Man, I found this to be very interesting. I don't know if you've heard this or not yet. We heard the news yesterday that actor James Caan had passed. Yeah. I saw some different tributes, and you think about all the movies that he was in. Obviously, The Godfather, one of the big ones. I know the first movie you thought of, Scott, was Elf. Yeah, he played the dad. <laughs> yes. It was great. And I loved Misery, too. Another great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Played a lot of great roles. So I happened to see this. Um, Megan Kelly on her podcast was interviewing Sammy the Bull Gravano. Uh oh, remember him? Oh yeah, world famous mobster man. Yes, I mean he was a bad dude. He wasn't he wasn't corn pop bad dude, but he was a bad dude. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, so we don't need to go into the entire story of Sammy the Bull. Oh. 
But he was in it four oh, years. Up over his head, yes. I mean, he was oh, muscle. Yeah. Let's just put it that yeah. way. And so he knows a lot of different things. He's doing the interview with Megyn Kelly. This is before they knew James Conn had passed. As they're doing the interview, I think it's some of Megyn Kelly's producers like, hey, here's the news. James Conn just passed. His name had come up earlier in the interview talking about the Godfather. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then Sammy the Bull has some news that he starts to share, and you can tell that it's making Megyn Kelly a little uncomfortable, but fascinated by it at the same time. So you're just a piece of that. Do you know he was hooked? What do you mean? He was, he, he was in the mob. What? <laughs> Talking about James Caan. He was in the mob. Yes. Wow. And you hear her go, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? James Caan was, was in, hooked in with the mob. That's the guy who played uh, Sonny, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you mean? I was, was... there. I was there when he came down and asked permission to be in that movie. Matter of fact, uh, Andrew Mush, who was a captain in the Colombo family, uh, became godfather to his kid, or vice versa. They were real tight. In other words, he's on record now with the mafia as an associate. He's not a made member. He's not one of us, but he's an associate of the, of Columbo, the Columbo family, just right like down. Sinatra was. I can tell by the look in your eyes, Robbins, you are fascinated by this. Oh, I am. I, I find that world fascinating anyway. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. And then it just kind of rolls on with this interview. I should say, I mean, with respect to James Kahn, of course, we haven't had the chance to reach out to anybody in his camp and ask these questions. Uh, and they're quite clearly going to be in mourning today. Uh, Andrew, Andrew ask for Andrew Russo. They used to call him Andrew Mush if he's related to him. Okay. Okay, you, you can well, hear it, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Um, I will say I knew James Conn just a bit personally through a mutual friend, and he was an absolute gentleman and completely kind yeah. and lovely. Yeah, and, yeah I'm um, not saying anything bad about no, him. No, no, I know, I know you're not. I know, I know, I just don't, I feel uncomfortable uh, if none of this is true, disparaging him on the day of his death, and so, and I haven't had the chance to check it out myself. So, with respect to you, not, not saying it isn't, just don't know. I want to make that clear to the audience. I don't want to offend you and say that you're lying. Same the bull. <laughs> no, he was a great that. guy. He was a great guy. <laughs> I was saying nothing bad. No. <laughs> he was just, you know, he was an associate. Holy mackerel. I'm missing Ray Liotta right there, too. Yeah. Well, in the, also, in the interview, he talks about Sinatra. Well, yeah, that was always the big rumor, right? Yes. It, he that, basically I mean, confirmed Frank that. Was neck deep in that stuff, yeah. Yes. Yeah, all fascinating stuff there. Okay, a lot to get to. Biden issuing the executive order on abortion. And what exactly does that mean? And it's also been a rough day for Joe Biden as far as delivering a speech goes. David Van Camp with another montage that you got to hear <laughs> straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, news update, David Van Camp. Well, Border Patrol officials have now wrapped up their investigation into the horse-whipping fake scandal from last fall where uh, Border Patrol agents on horseback were accused of whipping migrants. They didn't whip anyone, but CBP says they used unnecessary force and violated agency policy. So here are some of the details here. They say that there was a little miscommunication, you see that prompted a Border Patrol supervisor to authorize a horse patrol unit to try to stop migrants from entering the U.S. 
But the like coming across the river. Yeah, the policy at the time was to let migrants get supplies in Mexico and then return to Texas across the river. You're just supposed to let them do it. So they so they come into the United States, and well, it's the, like, the, oh my God! Hold on a second, I forgot my duffel bag. Let me swim back across and then go back or, uh, back over. Uh, I got a heavy load here. I got four or five bags. Going to take a couple trips. Just be patient. And as the report said, the migrants uh, were not threatening any agents, and some were carrying tickets provided by U.S. officials that should have assured them safe passage. They're breaking the law. Remember, Remember this every time they say, the border's closed. (laughs) The border is closed. It's not open. Okay. Now, in one video, a mounted U.S. border agent, uh, this this one of the guys going to be, there's four guys that are going to be facing disciplinary charges. Uh, uh, one of the guys is heard telling a migrant man who was hiding behind a group of women and children. He goes, quote, this is why your country is bleep, because you use your women for this. I remember that. He's I right. Told- he is right. But apparently you're not allowed to say it. So he's going to face some disciplinary charges there. That is absolute nonsense. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And all you can hope is everybody's going to get what's coming, what they deserve. I hope it happens. Man, oh, man, I know we got to move on. That's so angering. Uh, Biden today issuing an executive order on abortion, which doesn't mean a whole lot. But he stumbled through the speech. I know. You're shocked. Yeah. <laughs> David has a little montage. Yeah. If, if you missed it, here it is condensed into just uh, about 20 seconds. Okay. In all 50 states in the District of Columbia <laughs> to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. When tens of millions of women vote this year, fastest way to restore Roe. Ro, end of quote. Repeat the line. This is- <laughs> That's my Should favorite have. of all time. Because he's just supposed to repeat the line, not actually say it. I like that. Overturn woe. (laughs) That'll happen when you're out of office. This is the first use of a weapon to murder someone in in Japan. (laughs) Talking about the the assassination. What was that? That That was his statement on the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Who so was shot strong. and killed? Yes, he meant to say gun. A weapon to murder someone in the, in Japan. But I mean, other people. It's very rare to have gun violence in Japan because it's so heavily regulated. But you know, okay, it's not the first person in Japanese history to get shot and killed, and certainly not the first one this year to be murdered at all with a weapon. Going to be a lot of woe as long as he's in office. <laughs> okay, I'm Joe Biden. Friday five this month. This day, I'm trying to move this along. We're running out of time fast. I got to set this up. Okay, this is Watermelon Month. I didn't even know that. Somebody brought it up. You know what we're doing today for the Friday Five? Greatest songs with a fruit in the title. Oh, my. That could be a lot of things. What are you thinking, Apple? Thinking grape? What are you thinking? Greatest songs of all time with a fruit in the title. You want to get in early, it's 210-619-2053. And we'll kick it off next right here. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. 
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. As always, thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It's Friday. It's that time. It means the Friday Five, our big countdown that starts like this. It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Friday Five, we take a little break from news and celebrate. It's a celebration of life, really. And did you know it's National Watermelon Month? I didn't until I spotted it yesterday. Well, it is. It happens to be my favorite fruit, so we are doing... The greatest fruit songs of all time. The number to call, 210-619-2053. Real quick, the criteria. How big a hit or how iconic is this song? Then, does it stand the test of time? And then, how much do you like it? Put it all together, we got our five. It's an interesting list. Do you put salt on your watermelon? I do not. Some people do. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Who's up first, David? Uh, Let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Hey, Mary. Hey, happy Friday. You too. Okay, so how about I go with Cherry Bomb by John Mellencamp? Yeah. Mary, you're unbelievable. You come in here, you just own the place. Number one. Number one. Right like that. Here's the thing about the countdown. Would you say this is the most iconic song in this five? Probably not. No, no, I wouldn't. But it's all the criteria together. And I'm guessing that it was the pick of Robbins and I, David, that hoisted it that high. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I I didn't grow up with this song, really. Well, and you were born the year it came out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Man. It wasn't part of my childhood or formative years. Uh, and at music think, land at the time. I think it was more of a regional hit, I think. And if y'all were in the Midwest at the time, it was probably bigger there than, just in terms of test of time, uh, than a lot of the rest of the country. Are you calling us like Midwest homers right now? No, I'm. but I'm just saying maybe your test of time is is impacted by growing up in the and living in the Midwest. David was an infant. Markley was working at Musicland. I was on my third radio station by then. (laughs) (laughs) I was. All right. Who's next? Uh, Let's talk to, let's see, who do we have? Oh, uh, Dave in Portland. Hey, Dave. Hi. What you thinking, Dave? Doing great. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of this artist, I think, until his untimely death. But he had some really good tunes back in the 80s. And one that really caught my ear was Raspberry Beret. Oh, yeah. Yes. Number three. That was a big song. The follow-up to Purple Rain. A lot of pressure. And that was another number one. Great song, man. Where did you have this on your list? It was up I don't high. Know, it was in my top five. I, I don't yeah. Know. Now this is before you were born, David. Yeah. You like this Prince song? Yeah, I, I'm not the biggest. I, I'm kind of like Collar Dave. You know, I'm not, not not the biggest fan of Prince. I 
Um, I mean, I've got a bunch of his songs, and every once in a while I get into the Prince mood, but this isn't my favorite Prince song. But I had it yeah. in my top five because it's a, it was a hit. It It is a pretty decent test of time. Yeah. I'm a pretty big fan, and so are you, Markley. Yes. Well, yeah. When you were doing Top 40 radio, I was doing rock radio, and one of the first times we ever hung out was at a Prince show. At a Prince show. Back yeah. in what year was that? Come on. 93. Thank you. Yeah. I knew you'd know. <laughs> Like Rain Man with dates, so yeah, and I—I I mean, it's a long story. I'll make it really short. Not being a top forty guy, that was one of the few artists that was not played at rock radio that I was interested in seeing, and so I got to go to the pre-party that was paid for by a record label. That's yeah. why you were there. Holy mackerel! Did they bust out all everything for that? <laughs> oh, daddy! <laughs> the amount of money that oh. was spent. Holy crap! Let's just say that. Yeah. We had more than a half a tank when the show started. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to James and Eugene. Hey, D- hey, James. Gentlemen, it's not the all-American version, but I dare say the all-world version. Cherry pie. Warrant. Warrant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yes. Number five. Okay, I got to ask. Am I the only person that had this in the five? Yes, you are. Yeah, you were. And it's still made number five. I'm surprised. Well, yeah, after one through three, if I remember correct, uh, correctly, we kind of had very different opinions of what should be in the top five. So this one kind of snuck in based on the fact that you had it ranked higher. At number three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at it this way. Was that song a hit? Yes. Yeah. You played it at top four. Oh, yeah, we played it, yeah. I mean, it was played everywhere. Mm-hmm. And a test of time... Well, yeah. you you still hear it at places. Yeah, I don't hear it anywhere. Oh, I think I'm, there's a good test. I, I put test there? of time on that as about an okay. eight. And if you don't like cherry pie, well, maybe you just hate fun. <laughs> That's the way I look at Video it. Video was extremely mature and uh, really deep. Well, tasteful, I like to say. <laughs> now, on with the countdown. <laughs> Describing a Warren video as tasteful <laughs> has never happened before. Tasteful, tasty. What's Save wrong with being the tasty? Tape. Save the tape. Okay. <laughs> we got uh, Kevin and Amarillo. Hey, Kevin. Good afternoon, guys. You uh, you bring levity to life every day, but especially on Fridays. Oh, Thank love, you. Love the show. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, uh, I, well, I appreciate that, and you're welcome. Uh, old school as I am, but uh, first thing that came to mind for me was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band release, Strawberry Fields Forever. Yes, forever. Yeah. You know what? I got to tell you. Let me take you down. I'm very surprised that this is not in the five. I had it in my top five. Didn't you, Scott? I don't think so. No, you no I, there was one I had in there that I don't think anybody else had, but that wasn't... That wasn't it. I like the song, too. Well, dude, that was a pretty iconic song. It tests the timer. How did that not make your list? I don't know. I just didn't. I just didn't feel like it should, so I didn't put it there. I like wow. the song, though. It's not that I don't like the song. Did you have it in your five, David? I did. I had it at number five. It got edged out by Warrant. I had Warrant in there. I had the Beatles in there. Okay. That's on Robbins. Well, there's one song I know that neither one of you had on there that I felt like I deserved to be there, but that's okay. That's fine. I'm just surprised. Sometimes I get dinged for not liking the Beatles enough. That's all I'm saying. I like the Beatles, but just 
Not my favorite Beatles song, but, okay. you know. All right. All right, who's next? Uh, Songs with fruit in the title. Sorry. Uh, we got Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Repeat line. Hey, guys. Love your show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very good, Woody. Yes. So I'm confused. Today we learned that Scott is the whacker, but I thought his handle was the destroyer. <laughs> oh, yeah. He knows my past. You've never well. seen him whack. Yeah. <laughs> or destroy. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, dang. All the references from earlier in the show. Very well done, Woody. i got to stop saying anything. I'm just going to be the mute on this show. <laughs> How about Johnny Cash, Orange Blossom Special? Oh, man, yeah, I love that song, dude. It's the Orange Blossom Special, bringing my baby back. I heard this a lot when I was a kid, man. Dad used to play that all the time. But some would say it's not as big a hit as you would think. And then when you go test the time, yeah, you know, it was... I thought when I was a kid, but some say, well, not so much anymore. Hot rotation at your place. I wouldn't say hot, but it's certainly on my massive playlist. There's a lot of old Johnny Cash on my big playlist. But anyway, okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Mark in Portland. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Uh, I always thought this was kind of a cool but strange song. Uh, President of the United States of America with Peaches. You're talking Van Camp's yeah. language right yeah. now. Moving to the country, I'm gonna <laughs> I love eat a song. lot of peaches. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. That whole Moving album is so country, weird, but I love it, man. Like Dune Buggy, Old Man on the Backboard. Any other big hit lump? Yes. Yeah, we played that a lot at Rock Radio back in the day. Yeah. Did you play that at Top 40? Peaches? Yeah. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not exactly a big test of time. No. That whole era is not. But every once in a while, it's kind of fun to hear that again. It'll be back in a few years. It could Maybe be. Some nostalgia station cranking it. Yeah. All right. We're still looking for number two and number four. It's songs with fruit in the title. It's National Watermelon Month. We're celebrating. And if you want to get in, it's 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five, and we'll wrap it up next, right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, we do have a news update to get to, and the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. But it's the Friday Five, and today, because it's National Watermelon Month, we're doing the greatest fruit songs of all time. Hey, there's an honorable mention right there. Uh, Cherry Bomb from John Mellencamp was number one. Raspberry Beret from Prince, number three. And Warren's Cherry Pie with its tastefully done video at number five. Still looking for number two and number four. And the number is 210-619-2053. Who's next, David? Uh, we got Jose in Virginia. Hey, Jose. Greetings, Commodus, from District of Virginia. <laughs> hey, Jose. Jose. He's got to change his name to stay, you know, under the radar. Good job. Shh, shh, don't tell shh. where I live. I won't. I heard that President Magoo is so disappointed in the chameleon's performance that he made a statement about it. He said, seriously, if I could seriously turn back time, that I seriously would seriously replace that front hole haver 
Seriously, with sweet duty blue eyes. <laughs> yes, no Jose. Offense, man. No offense, man. You're too sensitive. Repeat line. No offense, man. You're too sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, Plate, are you thinking any fruit today, Jose? Well, I had picked Cherry Bomb by Joe and Jeb, but you didn't want that one. So this is this is what uh, was asked when she was asked. John, Kareem Jean-Claude Van Damme said, I heard it through the grapevine. I like CCRs better, but you have Marvin Gaye. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's true. Number two. And now, the story behind the song with oh. David Van Kane. I, I randomly stumbled across this yesterday when I was looking up like how big of a hit it was or whatever. So it was recorded by another group first, then recorded by Marvin Gaye, and the record company wouldn't release either version of that. So then Gladys Knight and the Pips get it. They have a hit with it. Mm-hmm. And then Marvin Gaye's camp is like, hey, come on, let's release our version of it. Let's go. Record labels like ah no we're gonna we don't want to release those the same song twice okay we don't want to do that and then it comes out on the album so now it's just an album cut but radio DJs across this great country of ours kept getting calls for it and so they played the heck out of that song and then finally the record labels like okay fine we'll release it as a single okay <laughs> it's like one of the most iconic songs from that era yes and. The Suits didn't want to put it out as a single. <laughs> did you know that story, Scott? I did not. Wow! I did not. I, Casey probably knew it, but I didn't know <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Donnie in Vancouver, Washington. Hey, Donnie. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Great, Good, Donnie. Man. Thanks for checking in. Uh, I got one for, for my boy Scott there. Yep. I found my thrill. <laughs> On Blueberry Hill, I found my thrill. That's Domino. On Blueberry Hill. Now it's for you, Scott, and I'm trying to figure out the angle. Is it because you're a Blueberry Hill kind of guy, you like finding your thrills there, or is it because you played that as a current? I, for the record, it did not play as a current. Okay. Oh, sorry. Even though I think that was the angle. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was only like 22 years before you were on the radio, right. but still. And I just mentioned by the time David was born, I was on my third radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Carl in Michigan. Hey, Carl. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great, Carl. What you thinking today? Say well, first I wanted to say that something that probably needs to be talked about is when the administration says they're using every tool in the toolbox and pulling every level, they're only not telling us that they have only one tool, which is a hammer, and only one lever, which is labeled self-destruct. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, you're right. Yep, that's pretty good. So I got... uh, a real old song, because I'm probably older than Robbins, so it goes back to 66, Neil Diamond, Cherry Cherry. Oh, man, good call. Good Number song. four. She got the way to me, Cherry. She got the way to me. She got the I'll admit, I did not have that in the five. Did you use that? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. No, you Maybe. didn't. I didn't. I David it. Number two. Yeah. I David love this song. Love this song. You know, his body of work is huge, man. Huge. 
It's a happy song. Are you in the cage go-go dancing to it? I just feel like I need to put my fists like close together with my forearms and yeah. then shake them to the right and shake them to the left. It was good. I wish we had the visual. You could all see it. Yeah. Eye candy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you better believe it. Oh, by the way, I should mention the one song that you really wanted in there, Scott. Yeah, you had it in your five. Um, That beat the Beatles for you. I love this song. The Brothers Johnson, Strawberry Letter 23. Lightning licks and thunder thumbs. Yep. So, dee, 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 beat the Beatles. Okay. Just checking out. I love this song. What it's fine, man. Talking? It's cool. I know. It's all right. It's all right. You don't like the R&B stuff? That's fine. No, that's fine. No, it's iconic. Real test of timer. Okay. It gets uh, played. It still gets played. Where? On the oldie stations. Oh, got it. Okay. That's a good countdown right there. You got Cherry Bomb. You got, what, Marvin Gaye, Prince, Neil Diamond, Warrant, all in your top five. That's a that's a losing radio station. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. And the biggest story so far today, David? Well, we're going to have an update here in a minute. Uh, the White House's official position on harassing Supreme Court justices, even when they're like at a restaurant, which is what happened to Brett Kavanaugh, Mm -hmm. had to leave out the back door. Yes. Uh, Hey, that's what democracy looks like. Wow. Really? That's their official position now. Harassing federal judges is just part of democracy or something. They want to get that dude killed. I'm convinced of it. I mean, it's... Him, it's Clarence Thomas, it's Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, it's any of the conservative justices. Okay, we'll get to that update. And then the Scott Robbins trifecta, straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Marcus, Gen Xer. Millennial David Van Camp, sexy boomer. Yes, sexy is part of the title. Scott Robbins. Your top three stories of the day coming up in a few. News update, David Van Camp. Well, Brett Kavanaugh uh, had to leave through the back door of a restaurant because a bunch of losers wanted to harass him. They're protesting, right? They cannot know peace because they're literally killing. (laughs) The White House apparently thinks that's fine. In fact, that's what democracy looks like, to have federal judges being harassed by mobs. Says who? This is... Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. Okay. Uh, people should be allowed to be to be able to do that. In a restaurant. If it's outside of a restaurant, if it's peaceful, for sure. Really? Peaceful protest. Where's you were your first question so to me just, was so, intimidation. So justices, because protesters do not agree with an opinion that they signed on to, have no right to privacy is what you're but saying. But Peter, this is this is people have the right to this is what a democracy is. People have, have the right, right to privacy? people have a right to privacy but people also have a right uh, to be able to protest peacefully is that peacefully state? it's the intimidation and the violence that we condemn oh my gosh i mean she just kept digging the other part that is so infuriating is that it's actually against the law to do it at their homes yeah and they're allowing it to happen no one's stopping it the dude's out having dinner yeah and you shrieking freaks decide you're going to pull this nonsense and you get away with it. He's the one who leaves, not you. 
Yeah. What's I mean, going on? Well, Maxine Waters called for that years ago. Yeah. Golly. I mean, that's the, again, I mean, that's the party of insurrection is, is the Democratic Party. That is the freaking party they, of insurrection. That's what they've said for years is that your political opponents, you cannot give them a moment of rest. You have to be out in the streets. You have to make life miserable for them. Golly, and they always man. cheer it on. I can't believe I just heard that. I can't even believe it. Wow. Uh, one other update uh, that I just wanted to let you know. Remember that <laughs> that whole story that was being pushed back on by legacy media and the Biden administration about the administration distributing crack pipes to addicts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's happening. No, it isn't. That's, yes, it is. It just, made up. it just happened again. Okay. Ailey Collar was all over it. It was a harm reduction clinic in New York City. Um, you had a couple of people going undercover for the Daily Caller to see what they could get. And sure enough, one of the people undercover uh, got a smoking kit containing a crack pipe along with condoms and some lube. And so then a second reporter said, okay, you got away with it? Really? I wonder if I could. I'll try it. And within minutes, staff provided another crack pipe. Wow. Now, I don't know as far as the condoms and lube if that was involved there with the crack pipe with reporter number two. But still, yeah, that's happening. So you got a crack pipe, you got condoms, you got lube. It's the Hunter Biden starter kit. There it is. The party of crack pipes, lube, and condoms. There you go. Vote okay. for us. All right. You ready for your big three stories uh, of the day? Let's go. All right. Roll it out. Let's do it. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. <laughs> Doing it this time every day, the trifecta, helped by his old buddy and hero. I'm hey. Casey Kasem. Casey, I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three, one year ago today, Joe Biden had a freezing cold take on Afghanistan. Yeah, let's jump into the Wayback Machine, shall we, with the President of the United States one year ago today, telling us the American people the Taliban would never take over Afghanistan. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world, and an air force, against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Heard that? You hear it? That was one year ago today. Thank you, Joe Stradamus. And now they're saying a recession's not inevitable. So you know the recession is coming, it's here, and it's going to be bad. Lost the entire country in 11 days after telling us it wasn't going to happen. Oh, darn. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah, that one didn't uh, age. It didn't age very well at all. So well, it? yes. We're getting closer and closer to number one. The this Scott Robbins trifecta, top okay. three yes. stories of the day. Two. Number two, CBS is working hard for the enemy of the people title as they were giving the news that former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was shot and killed during a campaign event. Yeah, I don't know if you heard this clip or not, but uh, you'll notice that uh, Shinzo, hours after the man was shot and killed, 
they're already calling him, well, political names on CBS this morning. A polarizing figure. He was a right-wing nationalist oh. and conservative and a fierce supporter of Japan's military. He fought to amend the country's pacifist constitution in the face of the rising threat from China. While in office, Abe met former President Donald Trump uh -oh. several times to reaffirm Japan's military and trade alliances with the United States. His political opinions were controversial, but the country is united in shock and sympathy at the news of his death. There we go. Very respectful, wasn't it? Very respectful. The only thing these a-holes know about him <laughs> is that he had a good relationship with Donald Trump. Played golf with him several times. That makes him Hitler. <laughs> in some ways, man. Right there. Yep. Well, yeah, and it was interesting watching how that whole thing played out because many times Trump talked about negotiating with Japan and how tough it could be. If you remember all of that, <laughs> and he was ripped on for it, but then it turns out that these guys seem to be pretty good friends. I mean, you don't get together that often if you're, you know, no, not they got somewhat, along well, very well, not somewhat friendly. So, yeah, you're probably right. That's why they didn't like him. Now on with the countdown. Okay, the Scott Robbins trifecta: top three stories of the day, and finally, yes, one. Uh, ratings hit rock bottom for Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd oh, on Meet the Press. He's having a bad, bad time of it. Meet the Press, the longest-running program on American television. This is Meet the Press. Worst ratings since Chucker became the host in 2014. According to a brand-new report out, Meet the Press recorded their lowest-ever quarter over April, May, June. Meet the Press, in its 38th season, peaked with an average of more than 4 million viewers in the first quarter of 2017. You know what was happening then. The devil incarnate was the president. Yeah. However, the NBC News program attracted only an average of 2.3 million viewers this month, and 25 to 54 demographic, only 492,000 viewers. This week, what, George Stephanopoulos beat it. So did CBS has faced the nation. Meet the Press is tanking everywhere. Wow. And I could not be happier to deliver that news to you today. Well, what's interesting to me, and I don't watch any of them, I'll see clips from them. Uh, see, I made a habit of it, and I didn't this last weekend because I just couldn't take it anymore. But if if you're just a viewer that digs that, and you would think, okay, it's someone either in the middle or leaning left that would watch it, why are they choosing Snuggleupagus over Chuck Dodd? Any theory? Or whoever's on CBS this I think morning? he's, I, I think, well, first of all, I think he's less of a lightning rod, and secondly, Chuck Dodd is a shill. He's a cheerleader. Uh, so is... George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, but I think he does it more subtly. <laughs> uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, they're all they're all left wing, but the the thing I think is that the programming is just terrible on Meet the Press because they talk about like January sixth constantly. They don't they don't talk about things that are going on in the world. And I know the other two morning shows on Sunday mornings, uh, at least on traditional broadcast networks talk about that way more than most people are interested in but man meet the press is unwatchable to me and i used to have that years ago i mean it was i'm watching all the morning shows right on right. sunday morning i don't do that yep. by the way speaking of ratings yeah before we're off of this and this was a few days ago i guess people at msnbc are like freaking out of how bad the numbers are for joy reed just really broken, and I mean, 
it's nothing but lie after lie after lie. Yeah. And then did you see the other report about CNN where the staff there is actually freaked out about how bad their ratings are? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's they're going to back that truck well, up. <clears throat> Listen, you have two national news outlets that have completely degraded their brand because they hated Donald Trump so much. Yes, that is true. And all of the walls are closing in and all that. Even if you don't like Donald Trump, I mean, how long can you sit there in front of the TV thinking, this time they've got Donald Trump, and then it never happens? How many times can you watch that before you just feel burned out? Hopefully you feel lied to because you have been lied to for years. And yes, with the current programming, it's usually one of two things right now. And it's January 6th or abortion. Yeah. And as you know from the polling, the interest there is just not all that great. And there you have it. Yes. Well, they got a third choice. They got guns now, too. Got that. Yes. Yeah. It's like three of them. Nice yeah. job on the trifecta. By the way, speaking of abortion real quick, did you see anything on the failing New York Times piece from Mara Gay talking about oh, abortion? Yeah. yeah, I did. It, it was this whole editorial piece called The Republican Crusade Against Sex. Yeah, which is uh, there's part of me that's like, why would I even bring this up? And I think the reason is it's a deranged person, but it's how far gone someone could actually be. And in the end, they're talking about, well, this is a form of white supremacy. What's going on with the Roe v. Wade decision? It's trying to control people's sex lives. And part of what she said was, you know, sex is fun. So abortion is essential. Oh, my God. And you need it really to thwart white supremacy. What? How does that work? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, as she, ta- as she talks, she says, we learn as we get older, we learn the power of the erotic lies within each of us, especially as women. And reproductive rights are essential to the fight against white supremacy and its insidious attempts to control the lives and bodies of black people. But, but but the abortion industry goes out of its way to target black women. Yes, it does. And convince them to have abortions. Yeah, I think in this person that wrote the piece likes it that way because it's freedom to them. But that that's not that's support more dead black babies is a good thing for white supremacy. They love it. You've made that point many times. I have. But this person is so far gone, it's inverted in their mind of you're getting in the way of us just basically banging whenever we want and can abort kids whenever we want. Isn't that- so we got to be doing that to fight against white supremacy. No, you should it's be having... It's nonsensical. You really, and I, I mean this sincerely, you should be having and welcoming in more black children into this world. They don't want to do that. No, you just want to be able to have sex whenever you want. And if you say that you shouldn't be doing that, yeah. well, the, you're a white supremacist. But at the same time, we need to talk about rape culture. Okay. <laughs> yes, dude. We, that's why you see the entire country turning right now, saying we can't keep going this way. This is nuts. All right, we got another news update to get to. And Nimrod's in the news. Oh, yes, Casey. It's really been an honor for Oh, yeah, see ya. Yeah, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. 
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, I don't know if you have a news update, David. Uh, if you do, can I please play this first? Because uh, yeah, it's ahead. just an all-timer. It is the Ron Burgundy moment for Joe Biden, where he's reading from the teleprompter and reads even things he's not supposed to read. Cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise. <laughs> He was just supposed to repeat the line in the speech, not actually say repeat repeat the line, line. and then he didn't do it. No. He was on the struggle bus today. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Anyway, another news update, David? Oh, yeah. Well, part of that speech, too, when he was coherent, he was downright insurrection-y. Because he also said that the Supreme Court didn't make a legitimate constitutional ruling when it comes to Roe v. Wade. What he said was... It was an exercise in raw political power. The, these guys, the way that they're talking about the Supreme Court right now, it's illegitimate, right? It's, it's out of control. It's all of these things. They're going to get somebody killed. Uh, they, they cried about this every time Trump would tweet about a cable news host or something. Remember, there was a shooting at a newspaper office, and they blamed it on Trump, even though it had nothing to do with Trump. Yes, I do remember it. It was actually because the paper had written something bad about the gunmen and all that. Um, okay, y'all are actually, these Democrats are actually trying to get Supreme Court justices killed by saying they are illegitimate and they are just exercising power when, in fact, they're doing the opposite. That, like with Roe v. Wade, they gave up authority. <laughs> the other thing is that there are laws against people picketing and demonstrating outside their homes. Mm -hmm. They're not upholding the law. And going a a step further saying, well, that's just part of it if you're going to be, you know, protested when you go out to a restaurant. That's just, them's the breaks. That's just part of your gig from here on Sanity. Yeah, that's... You're right, though, David. They were going to get somebody killed. Yeah. All right. Got to get to Nimrods. Roll it out. When the going gets tough... Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. New York City. Maybe you saw the footage on this. I saw it last night. It was crazy. Uh, This 25-year-old guy in Brooklyn got pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt. So he tried to assault an officer with the car door, and then he's off running. Okay? And so you got cops chasing him on foot, and then he scales up this big old pole climbed onto a subway platform and then you know they've got him except he couldn't jump to this other building oh gosh and it was like 10 or 15 feet to cross it he did it oh wow but he hurt his leg they got him oh yeah oh and then a city treasurer in california was caught looking at porn on a library's computer they said hey that's not allowed he said yeah i know that's why i only do it when there's not many people here (laughs) he's in trouble and that's him runs in the news (laughs) 